All right, so here we go. This is the, uh, the Coach Haas podcast, sponsored by Sports Rehab PA. But tonight, it is the Tri Podcast, back at it again. We have Dr. Mike and Coach Yu, John Urena, in the corner. And uh, we have a special guest that was brought to us by Johnny. If any of you guys follow any of his stuff on Instagram, it's uh, Coach Yu Strong. And it's just, it's amazing stuff, man. And he's been working with these inertia waves. And I have to say, and we'll get into this in a little bit, John. Um, I did take one of those. And I'm mad, I'm very mad at myself that I did not at least tag you in it. I know. It was completely inspired by what you, by the way. What are you doing? So, I know. I, listen, my social media skills are not that great yet. I'm still working on all that. So that's why, I'm, that's why I follow you. I, I, you know, you're, you're the leader. It's... It really works out well. But That's this is the Tri Podcast. Yeah. Um, Michael, how are you today? Good, man. I uh, <clears throat> had the day off and tomorrow off because I was supposed to be actually in John's country in L.A. this weekend com- competing in a Spartan race, but obviously all that's shut down, so stadium's happening. So uh, I forgot to go to the beach, did a beach workout. I'm going to post that video later. It took uh, I did. <clears throat> 235 KBs, went by the water. First, I did a three-mile run up and down, and then I uh, went and did this little circuit with the KBs down by the water. And uh, it was nice, man. I used to do that all the time when I lived like 35 minutes from the beach. So I was good to just revisit old time. Nice. Get some vitamin D. Get some vitamin D out there. I did. I saw one of your stories. I liked that. I was, I was wondering why you were at the beach today, but you know, I knew, I knew I'd have you on tonight. John, I expect to be at the beach all the time. How was your day today? Man, it was good. (laughs) I played tennis today for the first time in like probably 10 years. And like the first time that I've done it with this mindset, meaning like biomechanics, I've seen sports as biomechanics now. Like it's not even about like, it's just about athleticism. And I'm like, if you know how to hip turn, if you know how to cut, if you know how to produce power and you know how to use your body well in open space, you can pretty much pick up any sport if you just really concentrate and focus. And today, like I hadn't played tennis ever. I'm going to post some videos about it. Like it was cool. Like I did really well for not playing tennis really ever at all. Uh, I never even played organized. I just kind of picked up a racket and started hitting. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I did a workout this morning. So that was fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it's funny you said that about the beach, Mike, cause all gyms are shut down here again in LA. And, uh, to be totally honest with you, it didn't feel comfortable, honestly, being in one when I was there. Um, especially wearing a mask. I was ridiculous. I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to die. Um, but I'm like, I'm driving to the beach this weekend. I'm going to work out on the beach. I got a gym in my car, including two sets of the inertia waves. So we're going to be nice. putting those to use Dude, very, nice. very soon. Don't worry. You're going to, Dave's going to soon see, I think I have my two inertia wave sets and I have another client and then two other trainers i think got some as well so we're gonna do like a big a big inertia wave uh workout i think on the beach soon and and for sure i i got the waves because of you john yes for sure nice hey man fantastic that stuff off of like the boardwalk i don't know how the boardwalks are there but in jersey they have like the railings and you can attach a trx cable all that stuff off of that yeah Um, and you could do some circuits there run through the hot sand down into the water do some stuff I mean, have you ever tried, like, doing, I don't know, bear crawls, lunges, any of that while the water's hitting you? Man, it's pure stability. No, man. It, it I, I'm going to do that now. Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. 
There you go. Hey, listen, we have a we have a special guest tonight. Speaking of inertia waves over here, um, going back to John found or we'll get into how you found Dave in the first place. But I want to introduce Dave because I don't want everyone to think that we don't have our guest here. Uh, <laughs> uh, tonight's guest is the creator, I guess, and founder of the inertia waves, Dave Parisi, and. Um, Dave, you with us there? Yeah, Joe. Thanks. Thanks a lot for inviting me to this podcast, Joe. Nice to meet you, John and Michael. Thank you. Glad to have you, man. Glad yeah. you came on. Yeah, this is good stuff. This is really good. Um, so we got we got a decent amount of questions. You know, uh, I have myself a pair of these now. I've been using them in um, in the rehab setting or post rehab setting with a lot of my clients. Uh, I've been posting a lot about it. Um, but it's, it's, they're just, they're neat, you know, they're, uh, I've used the battle ropes a ton and these are just, you know, they're, they're lightweight, they're easy to carry, they're easy to set up. Um, you know, I actually took them home for a couple of days over July 4th because I knew I wouldn't be there. I actually attached them to my, to my fence at home and I was, I was letting the kids, you know, mess around with them. So, uh, they're, they're easy to, you know, to move around. So, um, we, we have tons of questions, and, and one of the questions is, you know, how, how long have you been in the industry? How did this come about? How did the, how did, you know, where, where did this idea come from? Okay. Hey, first, my apologies. I'm having some computer issues. I actually ordered a new computer today. So we do this again, gentlemen. I will be on with you, but I just uh, can't get this uh, camera to work properly. So we apologize here. No um, worries. Okay. So I could get on a tangent, guys. So I need you to, Okay, that's good. <laughs> if I if I go on a tangent, just slow me down a little bit. But I've been in the industry now for 32 years. Uh, I started way back in the early 80s. Uh, I opened up the you know one of those ideas as an entrepreneur is to, it was to open up a personal training studio, and I started in a very small six to eight hundred square foot studio back in 1985. Uh, it was just myself. I grew that studio from 1985 for the next 32 years, which I sold two years ago, uh, had, had 22 employees, uh, 12 of those 22 were full-time trainers, and I expanded to a 6,000 uh, facility uh, after my first three years in business. It was very successful. I had a different type of model. Um, you guys are all familiar with the, the Planet Fitness model where you pay your $10, $15 a month and etc. Well, I did that way back in the 80s where I would have one fee for unlimited personal training. And it worked out very well. I was the only guy in the neighborhood. And I held that market share for about 20 years until the CrossFits and the LA Fitnesses and the, you know, all the different chains started coming into my area. But it was a very unique concept. I had personal trainers uh, in one room and people would just come in and every time they would come in the door, they would be assured that they would have a trainer. So that led to me opening a personal training school under the FitPro Academy umbrella. I was an academic provider for NASM. I taught anatomy and kinesiology, and I would help students worldwide uh, get ready and prepare for their certification programs. Um, unfortunately, me, uh, my personal opinion is I don't really agree with certification programs um, you know anybody can get certified on a weekend and call themselves certified I believe in being qualified I think that any any coach or trainer or professional out there really needs to in, in academia really needs to evolve 
and get in the trenches and you know just learn by doing uh you know it's just a continual process you never stop learning i'm learning today um yep. so I, I don't really agree with certification programs but i do agree with continuing education um so the personal training school went well for about 18 years it's online now it's called fit post personal training school um in a nutshell i do a lot of expert witness work i do a lot of court testimony for sports injuries work with a lot of attorneys um, and that led into opening a, a site called Fix My Fitness Club. And fi Fix My Fitness Club is my LLC for the Inertia Wave. And what that is, gentlemen, is it's just a, a website that has the how-tos and why-nots of exercise. It kind of breaks things down. No offense. Like I said, um, when, I, when I spoke with Joe uh, prior to this, I said, hey, man, I'm a really a transparent guy, and I'm going to say it like it is. I don't mean to offend. Again, these are all personal opinions based on experience but like i've never done a burpee with a human being and i never would and that was one of my pet peeves you know as a trainer uh there's just certain exercises that i just would not do with my clients um because of all the you know internal forces and all the external applications you're trying to overcome those internal forces and i just didn't agree with them so that site fix my fitness club kind of led me in the direction of hey I've got to start looking at some of some things that are in the market right now, and I got to take certain tools that I see, whether they're infomercials or they're popular uh, conditioning tools, and I want to see if I could make one better. And I started by picking one, and I actually put all my sights into the battle rope, and that's basically how it started. Wow, wow, yeah. I mean, with those those ropes, I mean the the difference there i mean obviously other than you know just the the lightweight part of it but you know anyone can use them right the I mean, like, you're, you're talking about the inertia wave now the inertia waves yeah i mean anyone can use yeah. those yeah um if i may like well i'll give you the the science and the physics behind why the reason for inventing but prior to getting into that when i'm when i'm trying to delineate or distinguish between the two i'm looking at this battle rope and you got to remember battle rope no one really owns a battle rope it's a rope you can't patent it you can't trademark it but the bottom line is it sold millions and millions and you know in in our industry guys i'm sure you agree we only know what we know we only we only know what's in front of us and we don't really have anything to base it on except you know the the, the base the basis for everything that we do in training you know no matter what you call it when <laughs> Again, those are buzzwords, Tabata, HIT, metabolic conditioning. To me, they're buzzwords. But the bottom line is, you know, when you talk about that, the battle rope, you needed to engage outer muscles just to assist during the lift and slam. So over time, battle rope training increases the tissue tension, thus creating pain because you're locked in a position the entire time. Muscle, muscle lift, muscle torque, muscle tension. Um, and like you said, Joe, the inertia wave touches on the quality of rhythm as opposed to battle ropes where you just muscle it. Um, right. So, and of course it only has the eccentric component. So yeah, the inertia wave gives you the opportunity to focus on your breathing, on your positioning, all the planes of motion, fighting against the inertia versus the muscling up and down, which is the case of most athletes. So I, I needed, to, I needed to, to totally oppose the battle rope. So if the battle rope elevated your shoulder girdle and it, and it shortened the levator and elevated the upper fibers of the traps 
uh, and protracted the shoulder girdle and created forward hip posture and round out the T-spine, I needed to create something that worked the muscles you don't see in the mirror. Hey man, let's create something that really works the posterior chain. How are we gonna do that? We'll lost the position of our hands when we're holding the tube. We're fighting against resistance. We're fighting against the, the, the constant wave in the trough or, the, or disrupting the inertia or disrupting the equilibrium. And you're getting this dynamic feedback response. You're getting proprioceptive. You're getting all types of things going on which you can't get out of the batter rope. You're getting the eccentric, the concentric, the cognitive. I mean, it's all combined in one. You're getting depression and retraction of the shoulder blade when you're doing when you're doing it as well. So you know anything that's going to create a better posture or have carry over to our posture is going to be far superior. Um, rather than the, the typical lift and slam. And that, that's my personal opinion. Now, there is a place for a battle rope, but I don't think a lot of these high-level athletes or sedentary individuals should be doing them. And not for nothing, guys, go in any gym and watch a trainer do a battle rope with their client. It's pretty ugly. <laughs> pretty ugly. It's, it's wide, wide stance, bent over heads forward and they're just waving their arms around and yeah, you know it's yeah. it's it's, it's oh, yeah there you go joe there it is man <laughs> and that's yeah. it john so it's funny well yes i've seen that image so many times or you know just a ton of rounded back and trying to lift up the ropes of the whole body and somewhat slam it or jumping jacks i've seen that one too with people who can't even lift the ropes past their hips you know, but the one, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. You see the stuff you see, you know, but the, like my experience with the, bat, the battle ropes versus the inertia waves, one size, like that's number, like the fact that I can, I can just put them, I have two sets plus the anchors in one bag mixed in with other bands and like so many other things and I can carry that one bag. And now I train all my clients with that. It's so much easier. Um, and I love that they're individual. Meaning like I can hook up an anchor, you know, you, you have to have them within a certain parameter, but you can do one band. You can make it work one side. Like it's great for prehab. It's great for rehab. It's great for, for, for anyone wanting to just, I would put any of my clients on it. I would not put any of my clients on a battle rope. And I've already used the inertia waves for conditioning because most people, and I was telling you, Joe, about this is, or I might, I might've written this in the post, but it's, it's, if whatever, if I can get low impact into in interval training into my client's day, that's key because most people, Absolutely. especially like I, I deal with people who have had knee replacements, hip replacements or older who can't do certain things, who don't have the equipment, but then I get, I get them in front of these, like go create rhythm, keep the rhythm. You're good. How long am I going for? I don't know. We'll see how long you get tired. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. There's, there's not, a, you know, it's, there's, I give them time, around. but it, as soon as you start to break down, that's when we stop. Exactly. And you, and they're so versatile and, uh, I've had just, they're, they're a blast too, because as an athlete, I appreciate the ability to have to react. I appreciate the ability to have to change the course of direction or to try to mess around and have, you know, resist things from multiple planes of motion. Cause that's what athleticism really is. Um, but yeah, that's, that was my two cents on battle ropes versus the, uh, uh, the the inertia waves, Michael. So Dan, like what you said about um, <clears throat> the abuse of certain tools and movements, because uh, Joe and I talk about this all the time, especially with 
you know, like the burpee, for example, you know, it's just a movement that I think there's a lot of people doing it because it's a convenient movement, but they don't have the baseline stability. So you're seeing just like back issues, shoulder issues. I mean, faces crashing into the floor, you know, I mean, and then even with the quarantine, we saw how many people exposed that they can't do a proper push-up. I mean, the last article I wrote from one of my sponsors was how to do a proper push-up with the progressions. How many people actually listen to doing that? Who knows, but the information's there. So I find that with the battle ropes, a lot of them are heavy, especially if they're really ones. Like some of the ones that we have over at i are heavy, and it takes a good amount to move that. Now with the inertia wave, I find that you're getting a good vibratory force, like you said, to stimulate muscles without having to compensate to try to lift the damn thing. Like, you know, uh, John was saying jumping jacks with it. I mean, how many of these people have shoulder stability where they can actually do a strict overhead press? Can they do a straight overhead lockout carry, you know, with good stability? I mean, I have a lot of my clients do just strict overhead carries uh, before we even do any pressing. A lot of them are struggling like this, so they get neck compensation. I'm like, well, calm it down. So before we start doing this, you know, we got to start with the basics. So, you know, what I do like is like with functional movement systems, they implement tools like the battle rope in terms of like you were saying, Dave, to get a better response out of the system. So I'm going to try to show you this video that they have. It's on these corrective exercises, but they'll do something more like this. If you can see, they'll use the battle ropes in an alternating reverse lunge while creating the wave. It's just the concept of creating some type of dynamic force with the reverse lunge. But this is barring that the stability with the reverse lunge is already there. And this is something that you're trying to challenge a client or an athlete or something at another level. I mean, you could do the same concept with like a med ball slam, any other type of thing. It's an external stimulus. But a lot of people jumping into these movements, I find, can't even do a stable lunge yet. And then you got these trainers that have them doing this, and it's just all over the place. Yeah. And it's like, this is why we have problems, you know? I, I agree. I agree. Hey, just a quick question. It, it says honey badger. What, what's the story behind that? <laughs> that's a spirit animal. I put that in there as just a funny name for right now. But uh, that's, okay. a, that's a spirit animal that was kind of just given to me from some of my like teammates and even coworkers. And it just kind of grew as a thing with my attitude and my personality and how I attack life and workouts and races. And now the okay. community kind of knows that. So it just has become a... a a joke. I, I That's awesome. Now we just have fun with, you know. I didn't even realize he was down there in the corner because when you start talking, it pops up. Yeah, I was, yeah. I put that there for today. I get it. No, I, I appreciate the feedback, Mike. And and you know, with the continuous waiver, looking at the lines of a battle rope, you know that that particular subject was doing it pretty pretty well. I mean, you know, and as far as the lunge is concerned, I prefer the stack back lunge over the forward lunge anyways. I've never, ever done a forward lunge with my clients. Yeah. And these walking lunges, if I did walking lunges, I would step one foot in front of the other, like literally a sneaker, a sneaker length, and then yeah. step back, step forward a sneaker length, and step back. Yeah. So I like, cause, you know, the femur and the patella and things in, the, in, in leg lengths and, and ratios and things, I never really liked the, the lunges. but you're right. When you have a, a, a dynamic feedback or something that's alive, like the inertia wave, and you can add a pop squat, a side shuffle, a hop, a step back lunge, um, even walking with the inertia wave duo, which is the two partner device where you have, you know, the paracord safety straps on each wrist. And you and I are going through a transverse plane walking with it. 
I mean, you can't get any better carryover to what's really happening out there. And if I may, uh, I would love to know your, your opinion, and I wanna, I'll tell you why I get into this, on the Paloff Press. I really want to hear your opinion on it. So I was actually going to get into that, saying that um, something that they, Greg Cook and those guys use is it's called reactive neuromuscular training, and it's basically a fancy term for motor control, but it's so when you have all these trainers or even PTs or anybody who've all been guilty of doing it says, activate your core, tighten your core, and your average individual has no idea what that means. They don't no. They have a disconnection to their body. I mean, we're all there. Even as an athlete, myself training, I have a form of disconnection with breathing. It just takes time and practice of learning the feel for those muscles. And I really got into more awareness of that when I started training combat art, like Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and some uh, Chen-style Tai Chi. It actually got you to really get deep inside your body. They call it the Dantian, which is where you basically get into your inner core and feel for that. It's almost the same movements as like a belly dancer does or even if you look at some of the Gracie family these guys can like suck in one side of the diaphragm and, the, and then blow out the other it's really insane the amount of control they okay. have and this is unrelated to the TBA or is it kind of the same principle um it's kind of the same it's kind of the same principle because it's it's basically they have that understanding of basically they're the epitome of understanding how to control their core so we're trying to teach clients how to do that the pal off press is something where you're teaching them once they understand that neutral core stability, it's let's add an external stimulus in, you know, a singular plane and see if as I do something that simulates a function, we do stuff out in front of our bodies like we're loading dishes or we're taking a turkey out of the oven or all these things that like, you know, some of our average, my average patients will say, we're not talking about just athletes, even like 45 year old mom who just does a lot of cooking, cleaning and a lot of stuff for her kids lifting groceries, doing all these things they tell me they do, and I got back pain because when they're reaching out in front, they lose that connection with their core, so the back kicks in or the neck kicks in. So now we're starting to train, what does it feel like when I have a force producing further away from me? How do I engage those muscles to stabilize? So now we're starting to do proper practice techniques. So I kind of like the pal up. I use it a lot, but I use it in different positions. You could do it lying on your back and supine first and see how they do it. You could do it coming out of a bridge position. Then we go into like tall kneeling, half kneeling, split stance, tandem stance. We could do stuff where we hold it out and then I'll perturbate the band and have them move around. So you could do a lot of that core stuff. And I find that that's going to give them a lot more feedback. And some of those basic concepts are going to carry longer than sometimes some of these PTs. I mean, I've been guilty of doing it myself. You want to give them all these like circus act things. And it's like, let's put them on the wobble board and throw balls at them and all this stuff. These people are just trying to survive. And it's like, what, what are they learning from this? I've been guilty I've done it before, but then I've right. learned to just dial back and look at the basic concepts and let's kind of build it from there, you know? And, and we see that in the training industry too. Trainers just want to do fancy and sexy and they're doing all these things. It's like, use the burpee, for example. Let's do a burpee off a of BOSU. And it's like, oh shit, they're not even stable. They're going to break their neck. So, you right. know? Yeah, it, I love I love how you said you know you're going to perturbate the tube, and, and that's one of the reasons I brought up the Paloff press. Um, I've I've all, I haven't experimented too much with it, in, it besides a standing position. So I either put the people I put my clients feet very close together or a slight staggered stance. Um, I do teach them abdominal bracing. I do teach them you know, just just the difference to between just flexing the abs and dropping the rib cage. But I try to make you know between the pelvic basin and the diaphragm. Let's, let's maintain 
as much support as you can. And I try to get them that way. And before I put anything in their hands, I kind of move them around a little bit, put my hands on their shoulders, kind of make, try to make them twist, uh, put my hands on their hips. So I just kind of put all these force loads at all different positions of their body to see if they can stabilize. And then I put the tubes in their hands. Well, one of my biggest um, questions or concerns was with the Palof presses, what I see, whether it's on YouTube or on Instagram or Facebook, is just somebody standing there, a tube or a cable, and you can tell by the way I'm talking right now, here it comes. They hold it into their sternum and they extend it out. And they hold it into their sternum and then they extend it out. And I'm like, hey, asshole, excuse me, are you gonna put the light switch on or off? You know, what are we doing here? So, so yeah. either, you, either you hold it mid-sternum or full lever arm. So what I used to do, and tell me, uh, I'd love to know John's opinion on this too. Um, I used to put a slight staggered stance, my feet are maybe three inches apart. I hold the tube all the way out, elbows down, at my, a perfect athletic posture, um, you know, cervical neutral, everything, everything looks good as far as the best I could be between drive and reverse. And I hold it out and then I hold, and I switch. In other words, I go right to the other side, and my arms are still out. So in other words, I'm training each side, but I'm moving my body, not the tube. Does that make sense? I'm holding it straight out, and, and so now if you look in the mirror, I see my left side. Then I go switch, and I turn, and now I see my right side in the mirror. So, so it's I'm like a keep, 180 almost? Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Okay, so okay. Instead of just going in and out and things of that nature, and I'll do that on my knees and this and that. So that is how I develop the super typhoon. Super typhoon oh, yeah. is that is that quarter turn. And yeah. John made a good point because it's so effective with a single tube too. So a single tube super typhoon or their double tube as you as you progress and then the crossfire. So a great combination that takes place of the pal off in an active sense would be the crossfire two, three, four, turn into the super typhoon, turn back to neutral, crossfire, turn into the super typhoon. So you're going, you know, from 12 so o'clock to yeah, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, 12 o'clock, nine o'clock, 12 o'clock, yeah. three o'clock. You just go back and yeah, you got it. You got it, Joe. And so that's kind of my active pal-off press. You could slow it down, you could speed it up. Um, and I just think it has far I think it's far superior than just standing there, bringing it in, bringing it out. I don't, I don't know what your opinion might be on that. Well, I want to just step in there. Real, I, Mike's got his hand up, but I want to step in because I want to admit that I could be asshole, and maybe, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, well, because I've, I've used it, and so the one of the the things that I found that was interesting with it is I used the the payoff, which, by the way. Just a, uh, a note there. I went to the FMS course and the CFSC, and it's actually not called a paying off press. Okay. It's John, spelled all different ways too. Yeah. No, no, no. So hold on. John Payoff is, uh, is, a, is a PT that works for Mike Boyle, and they don't call it the paying off press there. It's actually an anti-rotational press. I love it. That is act, the actual name for it. And there they it told is. us that in the class, it's not a paying off press. And I was like, well, that's what I've called it forever. You know, like, yeah. but so that's the actual backstory to that. I've used that same staggered stance that you've talked about. So 
with the anti-rotation and pushing them this way, should they be locked in then at the elbow? Is that what you're saying? Or be fully extended and doing it one or the other, but not pushing forward and back? Um, if you were going to do a straight bar elbow extension tricep off a high pulley machine and you put your hands uh, down on the bar and then you just extend them out maybe three quarters um, and then your hands are totally together on the tubes. So your elbows aren't out, but they are kind of in, but you are holding the tubes, stirring them high. See, if you hold, the, if you hold your hands, you want to stand as tall as you can. Um, so you have to look over the horizon. When you're doing the inertia wave, you always look over the horizon. That's the whole purpose of it. Be in your ready position, be in your strong position, be in your optimal position. Um, we don't want to deviate from that optimal, optimal position. And we're that's, that's kicking in the posterior chain. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, gotcha. trying, to we're yeah. trying to train the system, whether it be a custom or unaccustomed. We're trying to train the system. And, you know, you know, of course, we're going to adapt to it eventually, but then we just increase the challenge. But bottom line is you want to be in that position, and, and you don't want the tubes to go in a circle. When you do a crossfire, when you do a super typhoon with your nurture wave, those tubes better flutter transversely on a tabletop. If you literally look at them, if you see them deviating from straight across, like they're slicing the air, like literally slicing the air, then you know there's too much play in the tube. You're not giving it enough tension. You have to walk more, put more tension on the tube. Okay, or you're just not, you just don't have the ability right now or the awareness right now to keep those tubes fluttering on that tabletop because they're going in circles, which means your arms are probably deviating they're probably going gotcha. too low right. too high you're going up and down you're you know you're starting to transition you're you're losing steam you're losing awareness whatever you may be so it's so that's why you know as humans we need to i don't think we need to move more but we need to rely on precise timing of movements so these the super typhoon the crossfire the double over these are movements i created um, because they are smooth rhythmic continuous movements that are far more cognitive related that both improve the speed and the timing. And that's why I did it. I mean, think about the double over for a minute, not to get off on the, on the subject, but one tube over the other or one tube under the other. So now you're independent, right side, left side, right side, left side, right side, right. left side. Now you're creating a wind sound. Now you're trying to say to yourself, wait a minute, I'm gonna get these tubes to form a perfect elliptical. You know, so you're drawing pictures with the tubes. You know, you know so that, you know, Again, we're coming up with a 15 new methods, the tidal wave, the, you know, the, sanum, the tsunami. We have all these different methods where you're actually drawing shapes with the tubes as they're moving. Again, just different planes of motion that affect the body differently as far as how they overcome those, those forces. But again, you know, I, I just think that, that, that dynamic or dynamic moves like these anti-rotation moves will engage and strengthen muscles uh, better on that, on that rotate, you know, the sling outside the waist. All, we could just go on and on and on how much benefit they have when they're active movements rather than just standing there, extending it out, pulling it in, extending it out. It might, it might have its place, but I just believe in, I just believe in, I don't believe in static anti-rotation moves because when we're out there in the field, it's not going to be that way. Right, we're moving. Yeah. Mike, you had a question? Now, so a few things. So um, it's uh, good that you said that, Dave, because um, <clears throat> Eric Cressy touches, touches on this a lot because he does a lot of pro baseball players, and he says it's a time and place for anti-rotation, but it's not functional. We use our core to rotate. 
And sometimes you'll see this with therapists that do McKenzie treatment only, where we just do back extensions to restore, you know, if there's a herniated disc and there's sciatica pain. There have literally been therapists out there that just do back extensions and they do neutral core and they never do any rotation. Well, the person goes to grab something to the side and their back goes out. It's, it's kind of pathetic, but they're McKenzie and that's what they push. And they kind of forget the concept that that is one tool for the toolbox. So what I like to do is I like to make sure that the patient can demonstrate neutral core stability in all these positions. You know, in supine, can they even bridge without getting excessive lordosis and, you know, anterior tilt of the pelvis? Are they able to maintain that position? Seeing it in tall kneeling, you know, split stance, half kneel. You put them in those positions and they're doing that. Are they arching? Are they coming out of it? Or can they maintain that position? You know, um, a really cool test that they did in the FMS systems is get into a half kneel position and find your neutral core and then see if you could lift up your front leg just about an inch, lift your foot up off the floor an inch and see if you can maintain a good plumb line of a neutral core without leaning, without the hip flexor firing. And that's a really good core test. You just put them in half kneel and have them lift up the front foot and see if they can maintain it. It's pretty much the same thing as single leg stance. You're just chopping the leg off at the knee. If you right. go into that same position, it's the same thing as standing on one leg. So we use half kneel before we do single leg stance. So when I'm doing those presses, I'm making sure that they have good control. Then we go into rotation. I'll have them do stuff and I'll have them see, can they rotate out against the resistance? Or are they doing this? Or are they extending and doing this? And I see, can they maintain their nose in front and get that good control of the rotation? It's the same thing with like chops and lifts. I have them maintain neutral core coming across the body up and down, and then we go into rotational component. So we kind of do a little bit of the building blocks. And it's cool because a cool history lesson is when I trained the Tai Chi, the reason why I think a lot of people don't like that martial art is because it requires just days upon hours upon years of just patience. And when you see some of these guys, because some of the grandmasters from China came over and trained, and you look at these guys and they look like an elderly Chinese man, you're like, what is this guy going to do? And the amount of power that they can harness, they could just grab your hands and bend it and make you buckle to the floor. It is amazing. But what's interesting is what they do is they get into, there's a stance that we would do, and you would get basically into a stance with a slight bend in the knees, neutral core, getting rid of that hyperlordotic posture, and you would hold your arms out in this position. And you try to relax your whole shoulder girdle, and you kind of keep like a circle in front of you. And this was your stance here, and this was to give you a sense of where you are from your opponent. And sometimes in those combat arts, you can do it on YouTube, it's called push hands. You'll see two guys stand and they push into each other and they produce force and accept force. And if you're in an extended position like this, all like this, I call it the jersey meathead head posture like this, you're going <laughs> right over. You gotta relax and ground yourself and feel the force. So it's almost like you're going into that cervical retraction, doing that uh, pelvic tilt backwards, drawing the belly in. And, and, and basically relaxing everything. So if you have just like a solid core, but it's really, really tight and you can't move it, you're not going to be efficient in doing that core. There's all that tension there. You have to be able to breathe and exhale. And you can see that in jiu-jitsu. These guys have solid cores, but they're not like just rock-solid abs, you know, washboard abs. They can move their core. You can't roll if you're really, really rigid. So you have to be able to breathe in through the stomach and get that tension out and feel your opponent accept force, produce force. And then they would go into what they call silk reeling, where they do those circular patterns and it's rise with the wave, come down with the wave and doing all these patterns. And you're learning to feel 
the opposing force, and that got translated into a combat art. Because when these guys are on the battlefield, they didn't have time to square off with one guy. They had to deflect a hit, move a guy, move this, hit and strike, and move through guys for hours on the battlefield. So that's where that silk rolling and that smooth movement came. So you could move a punch pass. I mean, someone goes to throw a punch, all you got to do is deflect it. It doesn't matter the force of the punch. If the angle is just an inch away from your face, it's not hitting you. So you could throw all this force and you just throw them that way. And it was really cool to see these concepts come in. And I realized that as a physical therapist, these are all ancient concepts that these guys developed back in like 16th, 15th century or whatever, they're in combat, they're using weapons and axes and stuff, and FMS does the same thing. We're using things like battle clubs and, you know, like the battle ropes, now the inertia wave or sledgehammers, and all it is is just an external perturbation of a weapon, and when we trained, we had to be able to demonstrate that type of control before we could even use a weapon, and I just think a lot of fitness is jumping from, like, level zero and going to level 10 of giving that, that, that tool and trying to use it, and we don't have those basic components there. So I realized that a lot of these ancient things just tied into a lot of these functional things that we're doing with people, and you learn to have those basic foundational controls, which is just really cool. So it's kind of some cool history there that really opened up my eyes on how I treat. Dave. Totally. Yes. No, Go I was going to say, just to piggyback, I totally agree that, you know, everything that you said I totally agree on as far as how humans should function and what we should be doing to better ourselves and to withstand those, uh, you know, to control the internal forces that are made by any type of external application. And it's, it's funny because when we, when we talk about the inertia wave, you know, what is this going to do? I'm sitting here just trying to think, you know, when, I'm, when I came up with it, what, what is this actually going to do and how is it going to be better? You know, I'm, I'm trying to look at the – I'm actually was studying – a way to enhance uh, HPI, human performance improvement. Um, and I kind of conducted my own field study with a gentleman named Phil Einhardt. He's a 20 year engineer at MIT. And I said, you know, if I'm gonna do this, I wanna do it right. And it was all about, you know, what can we do to someone that can give us, you know, a product that cognitively ch challenges proprioceptors for greater balance, giving you a stronger foundation and trunk stability you know, what, what can we do and, and how can we get this accomplished? And that's kind of where it came about of, you know, inventing all, not only the inertia way, but the methods of use. You know, every method has its own, its own purpose, so to speak, um, besides just increasing kinetic activity, activity and, and pulsating patterns into the body and, and, and things of that nature. But I, I, love, I love your education, Michael, because <laughs> you asked the, Nine times out of 10, someone thinks core are the abs. And I used to always say, take an apple, bite the front, bite the back. Say, bite the front, let's take your abs off. Bite the back, get rid of the erector spinae. Bite the sides, get rid of the obliques. You know, <laughs> like, okay, now let's talk about the core. Yeah, I said, now let's, now let's talk about the core. You know, what is the core? You know, you know, because right now the buzzword is do the core. You see someone doing a sit-up. You see someone doing a crunch. You see someone doing a plank. And I never had people do planks. Because I believe, listen, man, all the planks in the world doesn't make a strong core. You need to have a strong core to hold the plank properly. So whether you're going to be on your knees, drop your knees and shorten the lever arm so that you can keep that neutral spine or posture. Yeah. Most planks you see, what do you see? You see a forward head posture and the butt in the air. And you see their hands together. That's because it's easy and they're going to migrate to what's easy. Um, so 
So I, I love I love what you're saying. And in the beginning of your statement, Michael, I was picturing myself. I was doing quadrupeds with the inertia wave. So I got a three point. So I'm in a quadruped position. I just extend one arm out, and I have the or excuse me, I have one arm on the ground. I extend the other arm out, and I'm doing a transverse plane. Uh, not too much, not too much sagittal. I was rocking too much, but I do a nice light transverse plane, challenging the system to see if I could hold that. You know, back in the day, Paul Check used to call them four-point horse stance or something. Or, but I, what do you call them? Quadrupeds. Quadrupeds. You know? Yeah. Quadrupeds. Okay. So, so I mean, that, that's kind of the stuff. I I put myself in these different body postures and just add a a little perturbation to it, and that's how I'm strengthening my core. Uh, and I like to do that stuff at the end of my workout. I I don't believe in beating up my core before I really need it to be to help me stabilize. So I kind of do that towards the end of my workout. Either if I'm doing strength training, I always end up with the inertia wave. I always warm up with the inertia wave. Yeah. See, when it, it's going to, go oh, I was just, I was just going to say that when, when it comes to core training too, like I think people, like you said, Dave and Mike, you both touched on it, that it's not just about the abs. There are so many other factors that go into it. And I teach it all the way down through the the toes through the heel make sure that we're getting full tension throughout the whole body and that's why i that's what going to the inertia wave i mean it teaches you how to absorb force and then also redistribute it throughout the whole body so teaching tension period i think people don't like mike you said earlier they don't really know how to squeeze things properly because there's no connection but if you can teach people how to create tension through the whole body and use forces from the external forces and control it internally I believe that's getting your true core working, whether you want to call it, you know, sit-ups or whatever the, you can use whatever exercise you want, but to get true core working, I believe you have to have tension throughout the whole body. But that's just my opinion. This is what I've seen through my clients too. And like how I've seen them grow by being able to create more tension using their feet, their hands, other muscles, not just letting something out here loose while I'm doing something. I want everything doing something. Yeah. Come on, you know, you know the saying, this is so cliche, but you can't fire a cannon from a canoe, right? So, exactly. you know, we've heard it a thousand times. Everybody uses it. I get it. But the bottom line is it's, in, you know, you, you can't you know, verbal diarrhea to the client, but you can't, you got to explain it. You got to educate that core is, is everything you don't see in the mirror. So, you know, you, you can't talk about the local system. You, you, you know, you can't talk about the global system, but you could say, hey, listen, there's a lot of muscles that expand over a certain number of joints and they're created for power. Uh, did you ever try to open a peanut butter jar? You know how hard that is? Hey, now, you know what? If I take the vice grip and put it on the, I hold it way out here and turn it. Hey, look how easy that is. That's the outer muscle. But, you know, the, so, so yeah, I kind of try to distinguish between the two and explain that, that you know, the local muscles are, you know, that are closer to the spine. They're intersegmental stabilizers. They're, they, go, they go block to block from spinous to spinous to transverse to transverse. You know, expand over a certain number of joints and those are the really the, the, the muscles that we're trying to get in on and wake up you know those are sleepy mechanisms let's strengthen that if you strengthen that hello we could fire a cannon from a canoe i mean that's kind of in, in so many words that's how i used to kind of explain it if, if we're on the same page i agree i agree what what made you come up with like the seven methods like where did that where did that come about um I needed, I need to, I needed to come up with, well, I looked, I looked at the battle rope and I'm saying to myself, okay, we got this hourglass snake thing on the ground, but wait a minute, look at, look at, look 
look at my body position. I have to bend over and extend my arms out. So I got these extensions off my core. I'm running out my back, no matter how, 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 how great I held my posture. And then I looked at myself in the mirror and said, wait a minute, I'm Dave Parisi. I could hold my posture pretty well. How about the rest of the world? You know, people are using batter ropes. They're already deconditioned. They're going to the gyms or hiring trainers. You know, so I'm really, I'm really afraid because I'm always into safety first. So I said, I'm looking at the battle rope, I'm looking at the wave, and I'm saying, okay, we have a sagittal plane here. Uh, we got a rotational plane here, but it's still muscle tension and torque. And wait a minute, it's just concentric. So I said, when I, when I did the inertia wave, we did a, a, a test study anywhere from 24 inches to 30x inches, and we looked at the vector of those tubes and how they deregulated. We actually measured the tubes and how well they performed and umbilicus high, belly button high, 36 to 40 inches off the ground, I'd say. Um, because when I say umbilicus high, it's, it's not where you're standing, it's when you're back 11 feet holding the tube. The anchor gotcha. point should be 30, 30 yeah. And I did a, a study on 24 to 36 inches, and believe it or not, at 37 inches, we started losing energy. At 22 inches, there's nothing going on, man. When you put them together, they were floppy tubes. So we got, hey, I think we got something here. So we came up with the principle of, first of all, let's anchor them. Now you have to put a certain amount of tension. How much tension? Enough tension where you feel it's in a triple flex position. Enough tension where you feel like it's going to pull you to the balls of your feet. Then I want everyone to redistribute their weight towards their heel box, sit down, triple flex, and let's, let's start the movements. Now we had to come up with the movements. We got to hit every plane. But I'm not going to get too technical in different planes. So I know I need a sagittal plane. So I did the basic inertia wave pattern, you know, which is just a pattern where you don't hit the ground and you listen for the wind sound because you want to build up the speed as you disrupt the inertia and go into your constant and go into your wave and go into your trough. And I said, okay, now we have our sagittal plane. What's next? Let's go transverse. So I experimented with single tubes, double tubes, holding the tubes together. Okay, this is the crossfire. This is going to challenge my body not to rotate. I'm going to use terms like, let's shake the water off our hands. Don't rotate the body. And let's get those tubes to build up and build up that kinetic energy so much that it actually, it actually is firing back into the body. And then I said, well, wait a minute, we need some circumduction. Okay, I'm up with circumduction. Now we're going to teach independence. Right side, small circles, left side, small circles, build the circles. Now let's transition, create some power and get the circles or the tubes to go over one another. So that's called the double over. It is a double over. Of course, when people on Facebook and Instagram say double touch, delete. But the bottom line is, you know, <laughs> that's the, <laughs> yeah, I hate double dutch. Yeah, John. I won't use double dutch anymore. Oh, you did? <laughs> I may have. <laughs> um, all right, so, so this, listen, this is this. We're all being honest here. I was already asshole, and John admitted his thing, so we're good. Dutch guy than asshole. Um, <laughs> so now, so now it's time to be more dynamic. And I took uh, Michael. I took the the, the anti rotation exercise that people call the Paloff press, because um, now I'm on the page. Um, I took that and I said, okay, we need to do some kind of a quarter turn and challenge the body. In this position so I came up with the anti-rotation now being the inertia wave I needed to come up with different wave names so I always use names of waves whether it's wavelength you know you know super typhoon tsunami tidal wave 
um, microburst. Everything has to do with power and waves. Um, and it also has to do with the way the, the, way the tubes are actually moving. Um, oxygen thief. Well, when we combine a inertia wave method with a jump squat, okay, it, you know, the more muscles moving, the more liters of oxygen, the more caloric expenditure, blah, 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 the energy systems, everything's kicking in. So now we're going to do the oxygen thief because it is the oxygen thief. If you've ever done it, you know, you're, you're hitting the ground or you're not hitting the ground, you're jumping the air and you do like 10 jump squats as the tubes are going full force. You're toast within 30, 40 seconds. You're done. Oh, yeah. So, so I need to come up with all these different concepts. And I wanted to keep it simple. I mean, it has to be simple. I need to just transition through a transverse plane, a sagittal plane, a circumduction, uh, turn the body. And then I'll let everyone master those methods. Um, but before I finish, um, I needed one to give people the sense like, okay, I know how to do a battle rope. I could lift and slam. All right, let's give them one to slam. We call it the thunder slack. So we let them hit the ground, let them feel good. Personally, I, I dislike the thunder. I don't like a lot of things that hit the ground because of the intermittent power principle. I just don't like it. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather teach someone. We do some cool stuff. Um, we, we take some, some, some lights and, some, and, and colored dots and things and put them on the ground. And we see how, how close someone could get to the ground without hitting the ground. Like literally, uh, I'm talking a quarter, a quarter of an inch from the ground with a tremendous wind sound. That's an athlete, man. When you could do something like that. To be that like precise. A, oh, yeah. We'll put like you know, two bottles on the ground in the, in, in the center of the tube. And we just want you to tap the bottle. Like literally, don't move the bottle. It's just sitting on the ground. Tap it. Right. You know, we do all these crazy moves because, because that's what we're trying to do. The cognitive aspect, the kinesthetic awareness. So those are the kind of things. So once somebody masters the seven methods, what is the next phase? The next phase is, hey, like, like Michael showed me, let's do, a, let's do a reverse lunge. Let's do a side shuffle. So we have, we have, we have Coco, we have Venus, we have a lot of tennis players who are doing single tube side shuffles where they're doing the crossfire method as fast as they can to the left side. I'm, I'm over at, uh, let's say I'm over at nine o'clock, crossfire, mm -hmm. I'm shuffling one, two, three, four to the right. I transition from my left hand to my right hand. If you took a video of the tube, you don't even know the tube stopped. There is no, it's going from one hand this, to the other. there is no disruption in that wave pattern whatsoever. Now that, is superior and that's what an athlete wants so they're doing side shuffles back and forth with single tubes and things of that nature so we're moving all over the place with these tubes um so now it's time to master different movements and positions you know whether you're standing on one leg in a hip flex position or bent over trying to increase your stability that way with small perturbations whatever you want to do um that's really what it was all about and we also came up with 15 new methods that no one had seen yet and they're pretty intense, but they're all different patterns. Like I said, the tidal wave, the microburst. So we're doing we're doing a sagittal plane, like it looks like the super typhoon, but we're doing a sagittal plane, ground force reaction moves. All these different methods are about to come out. We filmed them. I did the narration. We're just doing the editing now, and that's that's basically it. It's everything that will that the resultant or the results are to increase stamina become less winded with extreme bouts in real life situations because the inertia wave, I had no idea it was going to go into the athletic world. 
I'm going to tell you why I invented it. Physical therapy, right from the start. Right from Thank the start, phys physical you. therapy, right from the start. My first client was select physical therapy, 30 locations. They bought 30 units. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to work. And yep. it just kind of went mainstream. And before it went mainstream fitness, it went into the military. You know, pre-post deployment, we have military contracting, things of that nature. Um, so, you know, physical therapy, whether it's a senior, you know, whether it's a nine-year-old, you know, nine to the ninth decade of life, I had no idea that would hit all these different industries, but it's all the same. You know, what can we do to be active, to challenge ourselves, to engage the posterior chain, strengthen the rotator cuff stability, have something dynamic, rotational, anti-rotational, you know, cardiovascular pulmonary system, you know, what one device can do that? Well, a jump rope can kind of do that, right? I said to myself, a jump rope, yeah, but there's no, is there really a resistance profile in a jump rope? Right. No. You know, so Barely. the Nutrient has a resistance profile, a strength profile, a cardiovascular component. It challenges your entire system. You know, so it's, it's just, it's just a, a little different. It's not, it's never going to take the place of muscle hypertrophy. We know that. It's going to complement it. You know, it's an in-between. It's an, it's an add-on. You know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pre, it's a post, it's a during. You know, it, you know, it's, it's just another tool. It is a tool in our toolbox. It's something we can transition to during our workout, you know, or maybe we don't want to take a 10 mile bike ride like I did this morning. I wanted to pack because everybody was bragging about what they did, you know, <laughs> you know, but I, I brag away, I, baby. Just so you know, guys, I mean, I got up this morning. Here's my normal routine. I do a five mile walk before breakfast every single morning after I have my hot lemon water. Okay. Call me a geek. All right. Wow. Yeah, every morning, an empty stomach. And then I do my IW for 15 minutes. I do different transitional patterns right off the porch to my front house. Then I work like a dog. And then at night, which I'm going to do tonight when we get off, I do a 10-mile bike ride. And that's every single day. I don't take a day off. That's my cardio component. I don't wow. deviate from it. And I strength train five days a week right here in my home. But, you know, the bottom line is, you know, the inertia wave just gives you the ability to not only connect with yourself and, and, and kinesthetically or, or, or spatial awareness or, you know, whatever you happen to be doing, but it, it also benefits everything else we do in the fitness, in the, in the fitness industry or in just maintaining an active life lifestyle, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's um, what, what do you, what are you most proud of with these inertia waves? What makes uh, you the most proud? Uh, most proud is probably the emails and the comments that we get. Um, I got to be honest, it's overwhelming. It almost brings you to tears. Um, gentleman wrote us the other day, uh, CPOD. Well, what's that lung disease? I'm sorry, is it right? CP CPOD? Yep. C COPD. COPD. I said it. I'm a little, little dyslexic there. Um, he wrote me a long letter saying that he's tried everything with his therapist. He went to all types of studies and this and that. He started to use the inertia wave and his doctors are overwhelmed. He's never felt better. He's never breathed better. Now, again, these are, I'm not claiming anything. It, it's just nice to hear somebody who's been through all of that For at sure. age 70, who's using the inertia wave. And it takes the time out of their day to write that to us saying that it's changed his life. And then the last statement was, 
which was a real tearjerker, I have a better relationship with my wife now. And I was like, right. well, yeah, because he's, you know, he's, he's youthful, so to speak. Right. Right. You know, and that was, that was, you know, kind of the, the rewards of this. And, you know, other things that I'm really proud of is people taking the time. We have, in two and a half years, we have 350, 100% five-star reviews on Google. And they all say the same thing. Customer service is great. This is amazing. Oh, my God. It's just overwhelming to listen to the people talk. They just go on and on and on. Uh, it's just a daily event. And I think that's probably the, if I had to put something on paper right now and tell you guys, that's probably what I'm really proud of. I mean, it's not really about sales. It's not about the money. It's not about, you know, the distribution. It's, you know, it, that, that kind of comes along with the territory because you have a good product, because you give good customer service, because you care about people. You know, I spend half of my day sending video links to people or to helping them with their anchor systems. You think I'm nuts. I mean, I literally will spend an hour on the phone with somebody. They're in their backyard and they have no idea how to anchor it. And I'm like, instead of yelling at them and saying, didn't you watch the creative ways to anchor video? They didn't. Um, I'll, send them, I'll, I'll send them pictures and I'll, I'll actually send them a link to uh, an anchor system on Amazon to buy for $12 and send them a little picture of how to, how to anchor it against their fence in their backyard. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I do on a daily basis. And I think that's what sets, sets, sets this small business aside in, in most companies. Now, granted, I'm not going to be able to do that forever. Um, but, you know, that's something to be proud of other than on a superficial level. And I mean this sincerely, um, we average selling 100 a day at a bare minimum. We're doing 100 a day. It's amazing. So, and I, and I work, work out of my garage. Myself and my girlfriend are the only ones doing this. Um, I work out of my garage. It's not a big garage, guys. It's like 14 by 14. It's not huge. <laughs> and I got all my duos on the top shelf and nurturers on the bottom shelf. And I have one little small, you know, the, you know, the basic storage sheds that you buy, those, those, you know, $100 a month for a 10 by 10 storage unit. Yep. It's like yep. a mile from my house. And I have, you know, an extra 4,000 tubes in there for backup. I just leave as a backup. Um, but, wow. But, you know. But it's a cool feeling. It's, it's a cool feeling when you get up one day and you, you turn on Instagram and you see LeBron James using your device. Yeah. You know, and like, cool. wait a minute. I didn't sell it to him. I didn't ask him to do that. And, you know, at 64 million followers, he's using the device. And, and the cool thing about it is they never, ever mentioned inertia wave. LeBron James gets shredded in quarantine using battle ropes. And, and, and John and, and, and Joe and Mike, you got to see that the media gets in there and ESPN, World News, uh, Men's Health, they all got in there and said they did an article on the benefits of battle ropes. And then, ah, uh, yeah. ESPN, Men's Health, <laughs> shows of the fitness. Oh, my they, goodness they, gracious. So every did you reach out to them? Every, uh, yeah, I reached out to them. So every single article. Now, he had he had 26, uh, 30,000 comments, and I'm I'm an obsessive kind of guy, and I started scrolling through the comments, and I would say that every six or seven scrolls, somebody would say, "That's not a battle rope, that's the inertia wave. That's not a battle rope, that's the inertia wave." Nice. And then the website blew up and sold 300 overnight, and then he and then I got talked to Men's Health, and they corrected it, and it got even better. But the bottom line is, isn't it cool when someone could show my product, say it's a battle rope? And everyone knew it was the inertia wave. So 
that is yeah. something to be that's something to be proud of as an entrepreneur that I got the name brand recognition already because I was because I'm first I'm first to market. I have two patent pendings, really solid too. We've already talked to the examiner. A patent on the rubber itself because it's only seventy percent rubber, and I have a patent on on the utility patent, obviously. Um, but you know we have a proprietary blend of three different types of rubber that has never been done before playing with the proteins and water in that rubber to give it a more spring effect. Um, and the companies that make this rubber, if I told you, which I don't want to say here, um, but just like, like really? It would just be mind boggling because it is a rubber company, but you would never think that that type of rubber would be put into the vat that makes this tube. So we had to do some that. crazy experiments with it. Cause it's not, it's not a typical, you know, it's not meant to be stretched. It's meant to be oscillated. Right. You know, it's a good point too, because I think people might get something like that, see that it's really strong, and just start wailing on it and trying to stretch it and move it around a ton. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to know. That's cool that it's a, a proprietary rubber too. Yeah, in physics, I'm trying to think of the, the right term for it, but there's a um, the, in, for every articulating surface, there's a strength tension, or yeah, I think it's a strength tension relationship. So if you like, in other words, if you do the inertia wave without the rail strap you're going to just blow out the o-ring um mm. that's why you need the rail strap the carabiner in between and then the o-ring um a lot of people take a shortcut and take the carabiner and hook it right to a chain link fence and you hear the rattle you know they're doing it wrong and, it, and it's right. not work it's not working right they're just shortcutting it because they don't have enough room behind them whatever but the bottom line is um you know it, it it's it's got to be it's got to be used properly or just doesn't work properly so um you know, it can't be a bungee. You can't run out with it. Um, I'm not saying you can't stand there and do a couple uh, hammer curls with it, with your elbows high and a couple rows. That's there's no problem with that. But I wouldn't stretch it more than possibly three or four feet. Gotcha. It's good to know. Really good to know. It's good to yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I we appreciate your time so much. Um, I do have a, a few couple or a few questions here at the end, uh, like a rapid fire almost. Um, but you kind of answered the one as far as your success habits. I'm always, I'm always interested in people's success habits. But you kind of, you really, you already answered that one with your your walking and your inertia waves in the morning and your your five days of strength training. Um, what are what are ten some mile things bike ride? The ten mile bike ride. Don't forget that. Um, but what what are some things that like would maybe keep you awake at night? Uh, my snoring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a true story. She's not. Uh, she's not here. Uh, keeps me awake at night is probably um, thinking about all the things I have to do, the deadlines of the next day. Um, there's a lot going on right now with the company. Um, I'm consistently on the phone with my QuickBook guy, my patent attorney, uh, my, my normal attorney, my accountant. It's kind of a, like a weekly thing and there's a lot of deadlines, things that I need to get filed, things that I need to do because I am a, so, sort of a, under the umbrella of a startup. So those, those things bother me a lot. Um, I'm not too well versed with using certain applications on computers. So I'm trying to get better at that. Um, you know, so I think those are kind of, I think it's more of an entrepreneurial thing of, you know, gee, what's the next level to like, where am I, where am I going with this company? Because right now I'm just on a steady incline. 
um, you know, for 2018, 2019, and, uh, and, and 2020, we started the inception was 2018. So, you know, if we did a dollar in 2018, we did $3 in 2019, we're doing $7 in 2020. So the, the company is more than doubling every year in, in, in gross revenue. So, you know, like what's the next level? So my mind's consistently going. My, my passion is to get inertia wave burn classes as, as popular like group, group training classes, all the gyms, all the franchises, they're doing actual inertia wave classes. It's part of the it's part of the system. Just like you might see uh, a TRX hanging or or another piece of equipment that's part of the group session. I'd love to see the inertia wave. You know, you know, 40, 30 or forty in a class. Uh, you, you know, grab the inertia wave. You, you know, going through metabolic circuits and different body weight exercises, things of that nature. Um, you know, that, that's probably the kind of things that keep me up. Thinking about the administrative part and thinking about, you know. Uh, Deadlines, administrative deadlines, and thinking of what's the next step. What's the next step for the Inertia Wave? You know, the Inertia Wave duo is doing amazing with all the NFL teams and all the sports teams worldwide. I can't keep those in stock, so I have no problem there. Um, but that's that's probably it. Is like, what's the next step? We're certification programs, you know, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. John, quick question for for Dave. Man, uh, I actually wanted to know the biggest scientific difference with the duo and then the one, the regular inertia wave. Is there a huge difference or what, I guess, you know, what's the biggest difference between the two? Yeah, so the inertia wave is anchored, right? So it's, it, you could say it's forgiving uh, in, in some sorts where you're going through the methods and it's you and the inertia wave. So now if you and I, John, get together and we put on the rift safety straps that go through the inertia wave duo, it's the same device, and we put tension on the tubes and we start moving transversely, we start moving sagittally, we start doing, we have to really connect with one another. So mm -hmm. the duo, you know, you're either going to be a wave maker or an anchor, or we're both going to be wave makers. So I think if we don't have a perfect connection with one another, the tubes aren't going to do anything because you're flapping one way, I'm flapping the other way. But guess what? If you took a video of the tubes, they're not moving. You're moving full speed ahead turbocharged. I'm flapping all around. Tubes aren't moving because we're out of sync. So I think the connection, the awareness of two people working together, that's really the benefit, the cognitive byproduct. That's really the benefit of the inertia wave duo. Plus the fact, because we're not anchored to anything, we get to move around with it. We get to run. We literally can run with it. We literally could backstep with it hurricane walks we you know there's anti-extension there's so many different there's that's why there's 15 methods of use with the inertia wave duo because it's so much more portability there's more portability it's more formidable it's you know it's, it's more practical it's easier to use it's easier to handle um i mean that's probably the reason why i invented it so you, you have the flexibility of moving around with it michael what do you got there uh, well, I'm looking at the Inertia Wave Instagram page, and uh, <clears throat> I noticed Dynamics Health, Perform Health and Performance follows you, so that's Chris Knott. Um, Chris Knott works with uh, NFL pros, specifically a lot of the um, Broncos, uh, the year they went to the Super Bowl, that back, that they had that stint there. Uh, he was Odell Beckham Jr.'s personal trainer. He has a fantastic podcast on the Shrug Collective. Ryan Fisher actually interviewed him. Um, I actually want to try to bring him on ours, but that's pretty cool because he's uh, an example of what we talk about, Dave. He's one of those personal trainers that, 
like someone like LeBron James would reach out uh, to get training from. And he talks about that on his podcast that a lot of these pro guys don't have the right training. You know, the facilities that they are training at really are insufficient. And he kind of, he's not the only trainer in that professional realm to kind of blow the lid on that and say that a lot of guys in that system have kind of just worked their way up. You know, like you could, you know, maybe you were shadowing there in high school and then, you know, you, you knew somebody and you worked your way up and all of a sudden you're like the strength coach for a professional football team. A lot of the credentials with these guys are kind of subpar. So within their systems, it's really not that great. And I never really knew that until I started hearing that and not only continuing ed courses, but podcasts. So uh, if you have his attention and he's following you, that's pretty cool. So like you said, you're getting in with the pro pro level. Um, I think it would be cool because, you know, with our uh, demographic here, you know, with what Joe and I are doing, using this to help with uh, new training platforms for you know, these high school and college college athletes. You know, I just listened to another podcast where they're talking about revamping the training for the military. You know, the old training was really obsolete. It was like World War II style, push-up, pull-up, crunches. And it's like, this is not what our guys are experiencing out in the field. And it's a little bit more dynamic. It's like, you know, once I started seeing the push for CrossFit, that's where all those hero wads came from. So it was all from guys that had fallen in the field. And they had all these workouts, like, you know, the Murph is one of the most popular ones, but some of those challenges are real brutal. You got to wear a vest, do all this stuff. So I think us being able to try to explain and get this podcast out so people can hear about the philosophy behind the inertia way, it'd be really great to start getting this maybe into high schools and colleges and having them start training using this and seeing how this is a really good feedback system, you know, and it's not just, a, you know, like I said, a battle rope. It's got a different, you know, uh, philosophy behind it. It's portable. You can take it anyway. Go to the park, do stuff with it. You know, uh, it's just got a. You know, it's one of those things. I think people like convenient. I think we're in we're in the realm now where people are experiencing now, especially with the whole COVID thing. You know, you know, getting to the gym and doing this and all the squat racks taken and stuff like this. So much easier. Just hop in, hop in your car and just go to the park and you can get stuff done or in your garage. You know, things like that. So. Yeah, man. So the inertia wave, I think, is one of those things. You just roll it up, put it in your bag, you're ready to go, man. You get a get a burn in 30 minutes, you know? No, that 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 is a fact. That's the whole purpose behind it. You know, that that's the simple purpose behind it is is that it is portable. I mean, you know, again, battle rope, you know, 50 feet long, 30 pounds, try lugging that around in a backpack. It's not happening. Yeah, you know, yeah. mobile trainers do put them in their trunk. But, you know, you also have to look at the safety you have to look at the safety of, of, of who you're working with too. You know, if a battle rope puts stress on the wrist structures, if it elevates the shoulder girdle, these are things that we, or plays havoc on some of the shoulder girdles, depending on your present condition. These are some of the things we don't want out of a piece of, piece of fitness equipment. You know, we're trying to better the posture. We're trying to strengthen. We're trying to in increase the integrity of joint capsules. We don't want to, we don't want to create any, you know, muscular imbalances and things of that nature. Um, so that's, that's, I mean, I couldn't have said it better, the portability and, you know, just the ease of use. Um, but again, the huge component is that, that kinesthetic or that cognitive component where you're really mastering uh, moving the tubes because the, you are, remember, you are, and I'm sure you guys realize this, you are fighting against those tubes. You have to stay in rhythm with those tubes yep. or they just pull you out to a different plane. I'm going to get a pair, Dave. I got like a checklist of shit that I got to do. We're going to add the inertia wave. Oh, wait a minute. You don't have a pair? No, not yet. 
You know, I honestly, you know, between talking with um, John and... Oh, Joe and John, why did you let him on, man? <laughs> he wanted to ask questions, man. We can't deny him that privilege. Yeah. And Cody. we wanted you to we wanted you to sell them, but obviously it was it you didn't have Cody, to sell them. Joe, do you have in. one? You have one. I have Joe. a pair, absolutely. Don, do yes. you have one? I have two. Two. Honey Badger. I don't have the duo, but I have two. Honey Badger, get on the program, man. <laughs> Come on, Honey Badger. And that, and they started in the in the PT realm, and that's honestly to me, as soon as I saw them with John, I'm like I need them because they're totally, I mean, neuromuscular control, like that's the biggest thing that I see when these kids come to see me is that they can't absorb and produce force. That's, they can't, they can't, they can't get their body tent. You know, like John was talking, like they, they don't understand the tension through their body. Like they don't even know how to breathe, half of them. No, that, that was my intent right from the start. Physical, get into the physical therapy world, uh, you know, as that type of device. And it was all the thought of the single tube. And then I, transition to the double tube and, and that's that's kind of where it went. that was my my first person i ever showed was a company out of connecticut called select physical therapy they have 30 locations and that's kind of where it all went from there and it just kind of went, it went military then it went mainstream fitness and it just exploded from there well Guys, i marketed it to my physical therapy company excel and we'll see if we could uh get those in the clinics yeah, just let me know. Why don't you contact me or contact me personally, and I'll take care of you. I'll also send you one for free. Wow, okay. Appreciate that. Love Good that. stuff. Good stuff. Love that. Hey, before I completely go dark, because I'm in a new setting, <laughs> I just there, noticed that as the, as the uh, podcast is going on, I've gotten darker and darker and darker here. So uh, before I fade out, Dave, where can everybody find you? On, you mean on, on Instagram? Well, on Instagram, I'm at Inertia Wave official page. It's the Inertia Wave official page on Instagram. Okay. Um, we, we do have a Facebook page, Inertia Wave. I, obviously on Twitter, Inertia Wave. But I'm, I, I, I must say that I'm on Instagram predominantly most of the time. I would say the majority of the time. I, kind of, I respond to every DM that I get, every single one, share every story I get, and I post most of the I – re, I repost most of the – Posts that I get on people's feeds, as long as it's not looking like a typical battle rope, but I do, I do try to post everything I can. Awesome, Johnny. Where can they find you? Coach You Strong, baby, on Instagram at Coach You Strong. Doctor Mike, where can they find you? At Icor underscore St. George on Instagram. That's it. That's it. You can find okay. me on Instagram at Coach underscore Haas. You can go to Facebook at Coach Haas. You can check us out on Anchor. And you know what? Before I forget this time, and I've been saying this a lot, guys, we want people to rate our podcast. So start rating our podcast. Send some comments so we can see, you know, talk to us and tell us who are some of the guests that you'd like to have on. Dave, I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, hopefully we can have you on again and, uh, you know, further this conversation. Thank you, Joe. Really appreciate that. John, thank you very much. It was a pleasure, Michael. Likewise. Boys, we out. All right. All right. Have a great night, everybody. You guys Peace out. out, gentlemen. Peace See out. See you guys. Have a great night. You guys leaving? We out. All right. Peace out, guys. All right.